<laughs> Most people have interesting sounds coming from their bedroom. Yours is a lightsaber that you actually use as a lightsaber. <laughs> 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 I mean, I have things that make sounds, but it's not a lightsaber. <laughs> Might be shaped like one, but you know, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> Welcome back to the Woman Podcast with St. Anne and O'Malley. So now tell me what you think of Game of Thrones. I'm very, I gotta be honest, I'm kind of disappointed that Brielle didn't bite it. She was my, she was my Deadpool winner. Yeah, I heard you said that to me. I was like, whoa. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, you know, and I love her. I absolutely love her. I'm, I'm just enjoying it. That's where I'm at. I'm enjoying it. And I mean, it's going to be over soon. So I'm going to just kind of ride with it. And that's when I'm going to go to um, Killing Eve. Oh, that's got to be. So do you think you're going um, to hold, hold off that long? Well, at this rate, I don't think I have a choice. Honestly, but God, my days are so jammed that to try to find the time to sit down and watch him is just so hard because we've started Deadwood. Have you seen Deadwood? I saw the original Deadwood. The, uh, this is the series from 2004 with Ian McShane, who mm-hmm. I love. I think that guy is just, he's great. And it was so funny because I grew up with a guy that's an actor now and um, he goes by the name Jamie McShane and he was on the first one. Oh, and he was one on the first episode. So Mike's like, come on, we'll watch Deadwood. So I sat down. I'm like, all right, let's, you know, I don't, I didn't, I knew it was a Western, but I really didn't know anything about it. So I'm like, okay. And then Ian McShane comes out. I'm like, oh, I love him. And then Timothy Oliphant comes out, who I think is just great. If you didn't see Justified that you got to watch that, that show, that show was, I loved it. Raylan, his, his character, Raylan Givens was just, he was, he, I loved it. And um, so he comes out. So I'm like, oh, I love him. And then, you know, a guy I grew up with, I'm like, Jamie McShane's in this. I'm like, oh, I <laughs> <laughs> So we, I, we've been hooked on that. So we got through season one in three, two or three days. So now we're into season Ooh. two. I know we just binged watched like all day. Oh, um, it's a, such a great show though. It really is. I mean, I and remember watching it. 
back. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I, I, have, I know that they're, they're kind of bringing some stuff back. and Yeah, so now I got to finish it before they make the movie. And um, it's, it's just, it's fun to watch. I just can't get over the fact that it was 143 years ago. For some reason, the fact that the, the gold rush and everything, that it was that long ago, just blows my mind. I, I just, I kind of remember it being the hundredth anniversary of this and, you know, the golden jubilee of that. And now it's 143 years ago. I'm so old. <laughs> well, I think there's a lot of people that hear something like that and they truly think it happened so long ago that there's, there's, but I thought this was no closer. Oh, okay. Not, I thought it was closer. Like I, I, I think technology has really, it has really catapulted us into a whole new mindset world everything that when we were kids we learned about the wild wild west and we learned the names like wild bill hickok and calamity jane and sitting bull but they don't really talk about them now because they have to learn world history for us it was american history and a lot of the teachers had grandparents that would tell them stories so they would incorporate those teachings to their everyday life but now with the internet and everything there's so much to cover in such little time that they pick the most important things in history which i get but you really lose that grip on your own culture the american culture and it's 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 such a um it's sad it's sad to think that those history lessons aren't going to be taught anymore. So my kids in high school had significant amounts of U.S. history. And I know that they had uh, more of a world history when they were in junior high. Definitely. So they might be. So maybe I'll come full circle. I think you, you will um, because they... They introduce that and then like civics usually, uh, some sort of government or civics class will be. Um, Unless the world know. changes drastically in the next two years, <laughs> which I wouldn't be surprised. Right. But that's but I how know it was so much. Me, so. Don't you know so much more that's going on in other countries than, than I def, I mean, it's just amazing to me how much these kids learn in one day about everything, which is great. I don't, I, I think expanding their minds is fit is just, you can't beat that, but there is something, I don't know. I guess, I guess my whole point is there is something to ignorance is bliss, <laughs> you know, like maybe knowing everything isn't always such a good thing. Uh, no, there's been times where I was like, man, I wish I just didn't, I don't need to know that. <laughs> yes. Those, I do have a lot of those moments too. <gasps> Speaking of not needing to know or needing to know, did you did you see the uh, post about the? I've seen a lot of posts. The the girl who it looks like she was kind of like at a booth e type. Oh, the sex shop lady with yeah. the viewers on her shirts. Yeah, looked like it, her yeah, fallopian tubes. Yeah, it looked more like um one of those kind of go around to a different, you know, desk, yeah, yeah. We call it booth or whatever, but you like kind of get some information. Oh yeah, it's like a sex show. And she, cause yeah. she had a bunch of dildos on her table. She had, Oh yeah. She had everything. She was all tatted up with her, her, I was kind of afraid when, um, so large posted that. And then 
everybody and their mother also posted it like all at the same time. Like it was like the like Twitter was just inundated with the fallopian tube shirt lady. <laughs> I was like, please God, don't come home with that shirt. Please don't don't come home with that shirt. But um yeah, I saw I saw okay, he's not gonna did. bring the shirt home. He's gonna get the puppet. I can't you know, I <laughs> can't say like anything. The lady. The puppet, yeah. Is that what she called it? A puppet. I think I, she did. I can't throw stones. I took my kids to meet Dr. Ruth. I told you about that once before, I think. You did, yeah. Puck signing, and I got so excited when I saw a doctor, and there was nobody online. I think I'm one of three people other than her kids who bought a book, and I walked right in. I walked right down the stairs. I had two of my three kids with me, and she was on a little stool, and my son, who was eight at the time, was bigger than her while she was sitting, and we, I have a picture of my kids <laughs> Because you live in the picture, yeah. Because you live in a town where you guys get like amazing people to come to this bookshop, and yeah, Paul McCartney was here today. For some reason, doesn't get well. I think you've told me a few instances where, like, you thought that there was going to be a line out the door, and like nobody was there. There was nobody. There was nobody there, and I felt bad because I walked down the stairs. It was it was a rainy night, and I like you know. You know where you tiptoe down into the den and you're like, hello, is anybody, you know, and there she is. Hello, come visit down. <laughs> she was great. She, we were sitting there talking and she was telling my son all about love. Like she wasn't, she wasn't um, graphic or sexual in any way. She was just talking about love and how happy people have to love each other. And he, my son loved her. He thought she was, <laughs> he thought she was great. I got to like, stop saying the word fantastic. I realized I must have used it too many times. Like, I know who this lady is, but she, she loves love. <laughs> she loves love. Yeah. She was, um, that was a thrill for me. I met Marlo Thomas down there once. Oh, she wrote that book free to be you and me. Yeah, I remember hearing about it, but I don't. From the 70s, Harry Mill Brooks. Yeah, I never actually <laughs> read it, so I didn't. I oh, know. I loved it. It talks about Atalanta, who decides that her dad says, well, whoever wins the race, you get to marry. So she enters the race and she wins it. And now she's like, now, nope, I don't have to marry anybody. I get to choose. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Mel Brooks, he's just so. He's, Mel Brooks is great. I hope That's he doesn't die before I get to meet him. I really do. Like we went to see, um, we've gone to see Don Rickles a bunch of times. And uh, the first time we went, he pulled my husband on stage and he made a, a you know, he embarrassed the hell out of him. Oh, right. And then he was so nice. Like he, he, um, I think my computer's going to die. Hang on one sec. Okay. I'm looking at, I'm getting like an alert. Um, sorry about that. So we went to see John Rickles, and like I said, he humiliated Mike. He brought him on stage, and and then he was like super sweet afterward. He he sent us a bottle of champagne, and I was hoping he'd pick up our hotel room, but he didn't. But he was really nice. Then we went a couple years later, and um, he got wheeled out on a wheelchair. I think Regis Philbin wheeled him out, and he oh, was telling some. Yeah, they were. Yeah, I guess they were kind of buddies, and. Um, he was telling, he was recycling some of his jokes. Then we went again a couple of years later and I'm like, fuck it. I'm going to get online. I'm going to ask him questions. And we happened to be with a couple of other couples who were a lot of fun. And one of the girls there who is very heavy set, was, she's like, I'm going to ask a question too. So she got online ahead of me. Well, he tortured her. I mean, he just, I mean, at 90 years old, Don Rickles at 30 just came out and hit me. He held nothing back. And then um, my husband's like, please don't, please don't, please don't, please just, it's, it's, a, it's an awful existence. So I kind of sat down with like my arms folded, like, Phew. he's like, come on, uh, 
trust me, it would have been embarrassing for you. I'm like, it would not have been. He's like, what were you going to say? I'm like, I was going to go up and I was going to say to him, how come you're not dead yet? (laughs) He's like, oh, that would have been awesome. So I looked at him, I'm like, you're such an asshole. So um, he's like, but he, he was, he was just trying to preserve me. He didn't want me to get humiliated, which I totally get. Mike's the best. Don Rickles died like a week later. No, no. <laughs> I'm like, come on. How epic would that have been if someone had asked him, how, I have a question. I want to know why you're not dead yet. And then, he's, and then he dies a week later. Oh, my God. I would have been, I would have been, I would have been in the, I would the have been, story you would have had. Yeah. Imagine <laughs> that. How great would that have been? Oh, poor Don I, Rickles. He was, he was a rip. <laughs> he was a lot of fun. So I hope, I hope Mel Brooks doesn't die before I get a chance to meet him. Right. Him I and, and Rob Reiner. I love Carl and Rob Reiner. I love them. Yeah. They're, um, <laughs> their, their work and uh, they're on some of those lists that people say oh that couldn't be made today yeah oh god yeah blazing saddles yeah yeah i love that i'm gonna keep it i'm gonna watch it and watch it and watch i don't care what people yeah it's funny yeah i have no problem with it like the whole point of it they're actually years ahead of everyone else saying you know having an issue with uh yeah once you stop seeing the humor in things and and have the mindset of, oh, everybody's making fun of, then, then it's lost on you. Then, then humor is yeah. just lost on you and you should never laugh and you should go into a black hole because humor is funny. That's what gets people through. And oh, there yeah. is something funny about everybody. And if you don't laugh at yourself and at stupid situations, then it does become misery. Then it does become, oh yeah. I was listening with my 11 year old to the radio a couple of weeks ago. And the subject was call us in with your with your stereotype that works positively for you. So we were trying to figure out it was, it was very wordy and a lot of like it was too many words. And we were looking at each other like, oh, that has too much hair on it. What is what are they saying? And then all of a sudden, some woman calls up and she's got this very, very um Jewish accent and she goes, I'm a Jew and all I do is worry. And my kids' <laughs> friends love me. They sit down, they tell me their problems and I, and she's like, as a result, all the kids, and she's like, I love it. I'm the worrying Jew mother. And it was, we started laughing and she was laughing. So I was like, oh, that's funny. And then the next person called up and she was Puerto Rican. And she's like, I'm a Puerto Rican. I'm loud. And my, my daughter and I are best friends. And she asked me if I would be her cheerleading, the, the cheerleading mom. She's like, we just went to state. And we, she's like, we took it all. We were the loudest girl. <laughs> she was so excited. She loved it. She was having so much fun with it. And all of these people were calling in with their, their stereotype of what they are and how it affects their life positively. We must have, I mean, he went to school late because we sat at the train station listening to these people tell their stories. So I welcome anybody who wants to DM us with their stereotypes oh, yes. that works positively for them. We actually and asked something similar. We did, didn't we? Months, months ago. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I'll have to put that out again because listening to these people go on about how, how their stereotype works for them was hilarious. And, and oh yeah, fun. People were having fun with them. They were laughing with them. No one was laughing at them. No one was being like, "Oh, you can't say that." And it was. I I wish I could remember what station it was. So yeah, we'll have to do that one. We'll have to ask people to send in their stereotype that works for them positively. 
I, I like it just because it kind of, I think it eases people back into kind of reality of we're, we're all different. Like that's, that's fine. I mean, I, I wouldn't want to deal with everyone being like me or coming from my background. Like there's, you know, there's great benefit in people being different and learning from that. And oh, absolutely. I mean, I have the thickest hair in the world. My hair is like a horsetail and I'm married to a bald guy. You know, I have, sometimes I look at him and I'm like, I should consider shaving. Like, I wonder if I, like what he would do if I came out with my head completely shaved the way he did to me. You know, I, I, he went upstairs and he had this thick head of hair and then all of a sudden he came down, he was bald. And that was 16 years ago. Like, <laughs> imagine if I did that. I should, I, you know, I should own being different. So did he do that just? I know he did it, but did you know, you didn't know at all. So the thing that he had taken out today, he, Mm -hmm. so, so Mike went to the dermatologist because he had this bump on the back of his head that he knew was one of those sebaceous cysts and um, the doctor went in and took it out today, but rewind 16 years ago, he had the slightest thinning hairline. Like if he had if he had a thousand hairs in the front of his head, he had nine hundred and ninety nine. Like he really wasn't thinning at all, but he had one of those sebaceous cysts, and it was bothering him. Like it was starting to get itchy. So when she went in, she shaved a small part just so she could get to it. Yeah. And um, he looked in the mirror and he was like, "Oh, look how much it's thinning." I'm like, "She cut something out of your head. You got to let it heal." Yeah. He's like, "I guess." And he went upstairs and he came down bald. <laughs> He's never gone back. <laughs> so, so um, you know, like sometimes I'll ask, I'll be like, you know what? I'm thinking about cutting like two inches off my hair. And that's like, that, that's, that decision gets pondered on for a while, like a good week or two. He shaved his head. <laughs> and it was, it was a, you know, a spur of the moment decision. And it's, and he's never gone back in 16 years. Go figure. Go figure. And he shaves his head in the car on the way to work. (laughs) Yes, he does. He does. And um, now they're going to be doing a Norelco commercial. That's what he said. Yeah. Yeah. You know, know, he's he's a little too excited to be going into the office and sitting across um, talking about his Norelco and then getting up and shaving his willy. I'm like, oh, yeah, a little excited about that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You know what I watched yesterday? I watched that movie Venom. And it's not an overly excellent movie, but you know, it's got Tom Hardy in it. And as I'm sitting there watching it and I'm saying to, I'm saying to myself, like, this isn't an overly good movie, but it's a Tom Hardy movie. So let, you know, let the kids watch it. Why not? Then I realized let the kids hold up, let the kids watch it. This is her total like WWE all over again. This is, this is what she wants. Oh, kids, gather around. Come watch a movie with mom. A Marvel. A Marvel <laughs> if the movie. kids left her alone and left the house, she would have been happier. <laughs> but you know what I realized that I think I love more than anything? He's Besides Tom Hardy? <laughs> it is. It has everything to do with him. He's talking to me the entire movie because the girl that he's in love with is Annie. And I'm like, oh, my God, every time he calls her, I turn around. I'm like, oh, my God, he's talking to me. (laughs) I realized they made that movie specifically for me. 
Oh, wow. I That's... never realized how, I never, re- I never wrote a thank you note. I'm going to have to thank somebody. Please, I would love to see this pen, a thank you note. And... I am. I got, you know, I got this pen pal. Good I got in cons, Captain Cons from Barstool. <laughs> and we write letters back and forth. We have a streak going. You know, like they have a streak on Snapchat. We have a streak in pen. So it's my turn. I got to pen him a letter back. Isn't that funny? <laughs> Do you guys actually like mail? Like, yes. <laughs> you know, like stamps on the envelope? Stamps on the envelope. Yes, he's okay. got personalized stationery. I do too, but it's got like my full of name. Of course, Cons has personalized stationery. I'm not shocked by that at Meticulous all. Meticulous handwriting. Yeah, not shocked uh-huh. at all by, by that. You know, there are kids who don't know how to address a letter. Oh, that's terrible. And it don't is so simple. And yet they're like, I, so what do I do with this? I'm like, you mail it. They're like, how? Well, they have to learn about the Pony Express. Eh? And they, they, history. I mean, they're just kind of like, well, I don't know what to put it in. Like, have you ever received a piece of mail? Like, you no, opened it's sad. it. Like, you have to use an envelope. Yeah, uh, we came up with this idea at like three in the morning. <laughs> they were like, brilliant. We're going to write each other letters. So I did. I sent him, I sent him a letter. And then I, I guess we spoke about it on Twitter or something because I got a DM from three different people who were like, can you send me one? Can you send me one? <laughs> Absolutely. So now I got three new pen pals. It's awesome. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's an art. It really is to be able to, because you know it, you have to think evergreen, right? Like you can't write something that's oh, timely yeah. because by the time the person gets it, all answers, all questions will have been answered. We'll know who won the fight in the big war on Game of Thrones. You know, like all these questions will have been answered by the time it gets to him. So it's got to be evergreen. It's got to be stuff that will stay Absolutely. relevant forever. Absolutely. Like a now, time capsule. Did you ever have a pen pal like set up through school? I did. Not through school. I met a girl when I was in Africa and she, by just coincidence, was from um, Long Island, somewhere like, like Massapequa, Long Island or something. And we wrote back and forth for probably about three years. And then like it just stopped. Like I don't, yeah. I don't know I probably moved one of my twenty, my twenty third address. I think I'm in. Um, like I, I think we just somewhere along the line. And when you have um, with girls, they get married. So I don't even know what her married name would be. And that was pre-internet. They didn't have the internet back then. That's how old I am. They said, "What color should Derpy?" I said, "Brown." I'm so old, but I'm yeah. what a dad joke. <laughs> What a roll, O'Malley. <laughs> oh, man. No, I'm, oh, man. I go for the easy dad jokes all the time. I love My that. My kids throw that one at me all the time. You chose brown, right, Ma? Yeah. Yeah, I chose brown. Yep. Chose brown. <laughs> Definitely. Um, so how was, your, how was your, you know, we're not going to, you know, focus on it too much, but like how was... How was the time since our last recording? Like, what have you been up to? What are the little highlights or lowlights that have just been, oh. you know, personally and the, you know, different things that you've had to deal with just as Annie versus, you know, things that you've dealt with as a wife and, you know, as a mom or anything coming to mind that have just been trying or is it just kind of more the same with, you know, no, it's been, well, the last two weeks have been a roller coaster. I mean, I had one kid bit, one kid just 
like that's so the dynamic of middle school is just the same thing that um jeff kinney writes about in his um in his book series i can't think of it what is it called what's the book jeff kinney writes um don't, uh, oh, I'll think of it. I'll come back to it. But it's, you know, so the middle schooler life is the same thing. My high schooler is, he's, it's miraculously going very, very good. But the biting thing for my daughter was a tough one. That one I wasn't, I wasn't um, too thrilled about because I felt that, and I mean, I know kids go through things and obviously if a kid is biting, you know that there's going to be, um, oh, it's not even wimpy kid. That's it. He oh, okay. He writes yeah. that one. Okay. Um, but, uh, you know, like the dad got very sexist and condescending. Like we, I sent him an email because it was also, of course, she had to bite her on the day of my daughter's play. So it was just insane. So when I got home from the play, after speaking to the principal, who was assured me she was going to deal with it Monday morning, this was Friday, I didn't want to go into the weekend without addressing it with the parents. Um, so I sent an email. And I, and I CC'd everybody on it because I'm one of those moms that just thinks, or just in general, even mom, just me, everybody should know everything. Like the, the, nothing ever good comes from telling secrets or speaking with a forked tongue. So I'm going to tell you exactly what I told her and it's all going to be done together. And done kind of in, we're both the same way. Like we are going to take care of this now. This is right. going to be out there. This is not going to be a game. We are going to deal with it, get it out, right. handle it, move on. Let's go. I'm with you. And that's how I think it's, everything should be dealt with. And um, so I CC'd the principal. I CC'd my husband. I CC'd his, him and his wife. He writes back the most sexist, condescending email about it just, it was just, but he took off my husband. He took off the principal and he took off his wife. And that, infuriated me more than his words because like you know it's it's the guy who decides he's going to tell somebody off over the phone and whisper so that nobody's going to hear yeah. you know he's like one of those and um a keyboard a real keyboard bully and um so mike wrote a letter he, you know he's like oh we're going to write this one back together because at that point the one i wanted to write back was just uncivil so we did we wrote it back and um I never heard from him again. Isn't that fun? So, and, and the girls seem to be getting along totally fine. So whatever issues the girl had, and she's, she's nine, like she's no, no, I mean, granted biting is indicative of something probably a lot more going on, but that's in their family and I don't need to know their dynamics. I just don't need to have my daughter brought into it. Yeah. Just keep your teeth off my kid. Right. But um, yeah, I haven't heard from them, but Friday's International Day, so all the parents are going to be there. So it's going to be interesting. Oh boy! Wait, is this going to be something in the morning or afternoon? In the morning. So coincidentally, my husband will not be with me. However, I will be bringing my mother. So he better watch out because I got the old Italian broad with me. (laughs) She will go to the mattresses. So I'm not. She will. God, that is one of my absolute favorite terms. Well, it's from my favorite movie. I just, I will roll up. Like, where are we going? I am definitely all in on that. Like, oh Yeah. Yeah, I you you say on Friday, and I'm like, oh God, if it's after, if it's after Barstool breakfast, yeah, no, big man's gonna miss it. Um, he is gonna be not in a position to go. But no, no. are they gonna get three hours this week too? No, they, I don't think so. I know it's the last, the last week with Riggs as the 
um, full time. No, yeah. they might stay on. So, Maybe um, they'll stay on and to wish him farewell and stuff. But um, yeah. no, I think I think large has to tape an extra large right after for the gold. Makes sense. So they they have scheduled times that they can get the rooms. So I think oh, he yeah. one right after the other because I think my daughter was giving him the third degree for not making it to international day which she's bringing in they have to bring food so she's she's bringing in um mini linzer tarts so i was all excited to make it and all of a sudden she says to me you know what mom dad's gonna take me to the bakery <laughs> so, oh. i don't know if if the um the blueberry muffin was the what is enticing or, or the fact that i am just a terrible cook clearly somebody reads somebody's blogs too often and got <laughs> or just tasted by mystery meat too many times. But no, she wanted to go to the, the bakery, which is good, which is good. Yeah. You know, sometimes it is. Sometimes you just go, you know what, this, this, uh, you know, going down to a bakery and just buying something and bringing it in, mm-hmm. the amount of stress you avoid by doing that is. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. For me? Yeah. Because tomorrow night, you know what I have tomorrow night, O'Malley? I have an audition for, for, uh, for um, the new Sopranos movie. <laughs> I have a friend who works like wait in, at Bada Bing. Oh. No, <laughs> oh Mally, no. Those girls are saved. My girls are saved for something spectacular, not for Bada Bing. I do, which I do pass every day. But um, it really is just a start. I'm gonna take a picture of it next time I pass it. Please, I'm, please I'm do. Gonna, yeah. I'll get out of the car, I'll stand in front of it, and I'll take a selfie with my girls with yeah. their girls behind it. But Thank um you. no no your O'Malley's out there. My I, O'Malley's I've heard that I've heard that on Barcel Radio a few times breakfast. The O'Malley's and they keep saying that the O'Malley's and I don't know if anyone listening is catching on, but like I'll be doing something <laughs> and I just stop like what I'm doing and I hear them say that and I just like stop cold. I'm like, oh my god. How will this shirt look around the O'Malley's? The O'Malley's. I love that. I didn't hear that one. I don't get to listen as much like as it's like through. Although someone told me today that um, Large was giving me a little bit of grief for talking during TV shows. Oh yeah, he sure was. I, I didn't get. I didn't. I didn't get to that. That must have been like he must have conveniently done that sometime between eight and eight twenty when he knows I, I'm not driving and I can't listen. So to be precise, I believe that was about the time. Yeah, that he did exactly. that. Because all of a sudden I get a text message like, you know, like, how did everybody get off to school? And I'm like, oh, it's so far so good. I just got, I just got to get, you know, well, Finn didn't go today, but I just have to get bridge off. And so this, that, and the thing, because he checks in, so he must check in on the breaks and stuff. But um, yeah, one of my girlfriends was pointing out to me that, so, you know, you know, I know, I know those accents are real tough. I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> so apparently I'm a little chatty Cathy during TV, which I am. I, I real not movies. I don't know if you, if you're saying I do do movies, I don't do it during movies, but like Deadwood, sometimes I have a really difficult time understanding what Ian McShane says, or if we're watching a lot of what, um, the European ones where they have, um, like, Broadchurch, the guy with the Scottish accent. Holy shit. Like it's I mean, yeah, David Tennant. Yes. It's very, very difficult to, to understand. Yeah, and if you saying. haven't been like a Doctor Who fan alone, like if you if you had been a Doctor Who fan, you would totally understand everything he's saying. So right. when I hear David Tennant talk and anything else, I know what he's saying because I'm such a Whovian. I'm such a, you know, I 
yeah. So I well, know now I can like now right. toward the end, by the end of the series, I was fine. But if we're just, if I'm just oh, yeah. getting used to someone's dialect, like it's, it takes me a little bit of time. So and have you guys not switched over to using subtitles? Oh, funny you should say that. So I do that this and it is, makes him crazy. It makes fantastic. him crazy. I, when I first heard about it, I was like, what? I'm like, I, I mean, like, that's great. For I always who- put closed captioning on and it drives him crazy. So I said, well, then you can't complain about me asking you what they said. Because if, you know, if I can read it, then I don't have to ask you. But the sub having the closed captioning on drives him up a wall. So I don't have I don't have a platform that reaches two million people to say, oh, but what about the closed captioning? <laughs> you have to. You have to put it on. Like it, it's a game changer. It really, I do. I do. He is. I cannot believe how much I have embraced it. Oh yeah, he turns it off and then he bitches about me on Bars of Breakfast. <laughs> he sure did. Although Willie was saying that you know. Really came to my defense again. Good. Well, yeah, he said that, and he's like, "Well, at least she's not, <laughs> you know, screaming, yelling, at everything." And oh, is that uh, what I guess she does? Yeah, me? like, but like, he's like, "Well, she behaves better out, out." But you know, if we're at home, she doesn't care. She's just, she's, why are you going into that room? Stop going yeah, into that room. Exactly. Don't go up the stairs. Like she I talks that to them like. <laughs> Like that day you had, you had pointed out to me once you had sent me a podcast of um, Kevin Clancy and fights doing, I, I don't know which one it was that you had sent me, but they were talking KFC about radio. Yeah. KFC radio where the girl, where the girls were making up lists. Do you remember that? Yes. This was a while back. And this was made, a while back. This was maybe pre us recording. Like we might've yeah. been. But yeah. they made a list. They made they made a list, or the girl made a list of all the things that she likes that the guy does and doesn't. And they were going on about whether or not <laughs> that was that was good or bad. And Feidelberg was like, "I think this is, could really be good for me." And I started screaming. <laughs> I said, that, "I said, I think I don't know if I said to both of them or to Kevin." I'm like, "I'm listening to this. I'm actually yelling at you because." Yes. <laughs> I'm like, I realize I'm not talking to you. I'm actually talking to a podcast that you guys had taped months ago, but it was making me crazy. Yeah. So I definitely do that too. I, yeah. I guess, I wonder if I do that when I'm watching TV with him. I don't think I do that though. You're going to have to, you're going to have to find out if you do that. I'm going to have to go back and listen or, or because he, I haven't really spoken to him about it. Yet. I'm just going to put close captioning because he doesn't know how to turn it off. He gets, yeah, he gets, <laughs> I'm going to leave it on and I'm going to be like, this is payback. Well, it's, hopefully he can just zone out because I mean, honestly, it really is a game changer if you're, if you're just in a situation, especially if like, you know, what if you're a young parent and you're like, okay, uh, we can't really have it loud enough. And if we, if we have it at the point where we can handle, you know, say you're watching like Dark Knight and it's, you know, if that movie goes right. in and out of being like loud and then not, and you need to hear the dialogue, it helps. It really does. Right. It has nothing to do with being old. Like the people who introduced it to me are 15 years younger than me. Right. Well, it started with, um, it started with when, he was working and I was up with the babies at night. I used to put the closed captioning on all the time so I could watch TV and there'd be no sound on. And then when he'd go to watch TV, it would drive him crazy because 
I wouldn't turn it off. And he does. He still doesn't know how to turn it off. So I'm going to have to go back and listen to hear what he said. about it. <laughs> <laughs> Conveniently when he knew I wasn't listening. Oh, yeah. I haven't called in yet, but I would have had I heard that. I oh, yeah. You would have been like, uh, stop everything right now. <laughs> because you know what it is he doesn't watch tv with his glasses on so the remote control he can't read what it says so <laughs> he can't see close up so if i have the remote or if i give it to him he can't see it so he doesn't know where the button is to <laughs> oh my gosh oh, relationship man. goals right we'll be married oh, 20 years next week next week may 8th what are you guys gonna do um, well, I just found out today he'll be taping Beats and Eats. Um, Finnegan has a sixth <laughs> grade concert where I have to listen to the drums. Um, yeah. Happy 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's truly, it's kind of a nice thing. I think there's a lot of people get really wrapped up into the, the day. Like, you, we have to do it on the day and, you know, just, or whatever. It's like, you know what? If you're at 20 years and your life is happy and you actually still like the person and all of that and they're busy, like that's life. Like uh, you, yeah, you're just celebrating your life and you know, you'll get, you'll get to it in the next few days. Yeah. And we do, after. we do but, a lot of fun stuff. Oh like, yeah. We were out till five in the morning. Who's out till five in the morning? Uh, yeah. Yeah. You party. You are an animal. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> you are a party animal even though you're like super mom and a party oh, animal and I'm just you. I'm just a super nerd and I watch too much sports <laughs> I don't think you're a nerd I think I like I like the way you are no not that nerd's a bad word it's not it's not I, I don't I don't see I don't see nerd as an insult I see it as a compliment yeah well <laughs> just like Robbie Fox has a new podcast, um, My Mom's Basement. And they he had Clem on from Pop oh, Fathers, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. And they go through, and it, it's just a really casual conversation of these two guys that have obviously talked about Marvel Universe before. And mm-hmm. they're going through, and I, you know, I popped it on because I'm, I'm trying to keep up with, with his podcast, uh, even though they he just started it what three weeks ago or something mm-hmm. um just because i really have an interest in just about everything robbie covers and they were going through it and there were times where they were talking about their favorite parts of certain movies they were you know kind of chopping through each one and i was like there were certain scenes that they brought up and i was like oh man that that one hit me that, you know, that one, that was so amazing. Or if something really wonderful happened, I would like stop and have like a little like, yes moment, you know, like I, I, I just felt like I was like halfway through and I was like, I am so sync, you know, like hooked into this, this, (laughs) this podcast. And it wasn't like, you know, crazy. It was just those two guys. They're not super excitable. Like guy, they're not like, you know, outrageous personalities, but yeah, it, it was really great. And, you know, I was just like, oh, man, I just really, I kind of had the, kind of had a, I had a moment there where I was like, okay, hold it, hold it together. That's funny. <laughs> and I think that's, that's kind of weird that I'm, you know, a chick that's 
gets more emotional over like Star Wars and Marvel movies and sports than, you know, what I hear other people crying about. I'm like, oh, I cried. My shoes didn't fit in my outfit. <laughs> and I'm like, and? <laughs> like, it's, it's, but yeah, oh, I know mine will always fit because I wear everything the same every day. Right. I wear the same uniform every day. Yeah, that's that's it. Like, I just, yeah. Yeah, I I figured out that I am I have probably more in common with a ten or twelve year old boy, <laughs> but I think ten or twelve year old boy from my time frame because I think if I asked I should do this, I was thinking about doing it earlier. But if I asked guys that say are over thirty, like what were you really into between the ages of like ten and twelve, ten and thirteen, like what did you really like? I bet you anything, 75% of that stuff I'm going to like. Right. Now, (laughs) that's going to be stuff that I'm like into now. That's good. And I'm not immature. Like I'm, you know, I'm clearly not, you know, typical whatever, but I'm just, I don't know. Like that's, I think that's that's great. That's where my, you know. It's like that movie tag where, you know. You don't get old and stop playing. You you stop playing because you got old, mm-hmm. right? No, no, it's it's. I think it's nice. I like that. That's that's what people should do, but well, don't because they. It's too easy just to to complain and give up. I always like that movie. Um, what is it? Pixels. Mm-hmm. Where um, what's his name? The guy who's the main guy. I'm terrible at names tonight. It's okay. Um, Adam Sandler says nerds are better because they do nerds do everything better because they appreciate it more. I guess he was talking about kissing the girl and she's like, Oh my God, I kissed a nerd. He's like, you should, you know, she's like, it actually was pretty good. He's like, of course it's good. Nerds do everything better. We appreciate it more. This (laughs) is true. It was a great line. Are you kidding? I married a gigantic nerd. So I asked this question today and something had come up in a few different areas and it kind of sparked an idea. And by the time I heard uh, another thing today about someone being too old for something, (laughs) it reminded me of being when I was told that I was too old, but I'm not taking my Red Sox blanket off. I'm not doing this. Oh, but because you love your Red Sox. But does the Red Sox thing make you happy? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it does. You know how many things are strange in a person's bedroom that makes them happy? Well, (laughs) that's what makes you. I mean, (laughs) I do. I say go for it. There are a lot stranger things you're going to find in someone's bedroom that makes them happy than a red Oh, oh yeah, but I got ridiculed and I had, you know, some people, you know, made some interesting comments. Because they're jealous. Yeah, it's like, well, you're just too old. Like, you're just, like, you have to have for what? Is it from the same person who probably who watches a game? People, yes, it's professional, but it's still a game. A bunch of people playing a game. Well, no, it's like there was a list. I think we had talked about it early on, probably just together um, about there was a list of things that you should accomplish by the time you're 30 and then 40. And accomplish 
start doing or stop doing. And a lot of this, like you should not, you know, you should have a certain type of decor and you should have a certain, you know, a certain type of this and you should have a proper bedroom set by a certain age and like where it's all like matchy, failed everything like matchy matchy like out of a magazine i've i've had all that i've had i like straight out of the magazine like well then you're better than me because you know i still have papasan chairs <laughs> <laughs> well no but i've had it i don't have it anymore and guess what it was very expensive i at the time i had the money for it but it ended up just being sold later right it's like a it's like a wedding registry or yeah, take it. And I'm like, absolutely. Like, like my my light in my room <laughs> is a sonic screwdriver, which is a it's a the hell is a sonic screwdriver? The sonic a sonic screwdriver is one of the best sci-fi inventions ever. Uh, it's like, like a lightsaber. It's, no, it's not. It's not. Like it, but it's, it's <laughs> most people have interesting sounds coming from their bedroom. Yours is a lightsaber that you actually use as a light. <laughs> 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 I mean, I have things that make sounds, but it's not a lightsaber. <laughs> Might be shaped like one, but you know, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> That is so funny. <laughs> the um, <laughs> the oh god, the no. So it's uh, it's all. I'll have to give you. A, I'll have to send a picture to you. But it's a lamp with um, this sonic. I'll, I have to get a picture of it. And is it from a it, movie? No, it's from Doctor Who. Oh, and so it's like the leg in in a Christmas story. Only it's kind of except it's I just gotcha. the the. The, I thought it was an actual yeah. tool that has a light on it from Home Depot because I'm always the I'm the one who fixes things around the house, so I'm the one who goes there. So I'm thinking it's like an actual tool. Yeah. So this it's called Sonic. Yeah, Sonic screwdriver. Um, and they, the lamp came with a shade that, and the shade had like. Um, it was kind of like more juvenile where it's like stretched and it has like the picture of like the, the doctor at the time, like going right. around it. And, you know, I've seen that stuff for like, you know, you know, Batman, Superman, you know, like whatever mm-hmm. I've seen that type of thing. And I didn't want that. And I had a son who really liked that doctor. So what I did was I took the shade off and put it on another lamp, got a lamp that would, gotcha. that would fit and be kind of modern and put that shade on and gave it so to that. You don't have a race car bed, right? <laughs> hey, that was what was discussed today. This guy was like, uh, "You gonna have a race car bed?" And I was like, like rid of um, "I mean, that was- is there a race car bed that fits uh, queen size beds?" And I would have kept it. Found if I could it. Get out of it. I couldn't get out of it. It's like he the- went and found the thing. And the dresser looks like it's um, like old-fashioned pumps to pump gas. And there was and there was a dinosaur on the back of the race car bed. And I was like, "Oh, that's great!" I'm I'm like, "Well, I'm all in if I can get a dinosaur." (laughs) I'm I'm all about happiness and what makes me happy. And I don't know. My kids still love to build forts. Like we have forts all the time. There's always a fort built somewhere in our house. Ooh, this is it. 
Oh, you have a picture of it? Let's see. Oh, it, that, that really does look phallic. It does wow. look phallic. <laughs> I yes. mean, the, the base of the lamp is an actual shit. Oh, I am pretty sure you could probably. I bet you love turning that light on and mm. on. <laughs> but so I don't have this part. Not getting a clapper for that one. So I don't have this part. I, I, that part's off. And I put what a different What did you do shape. to it? I, that's the one I gave to the. That's the one I gave to the son who is no longer here. Ah, gotcha. Oh, He'll be back. Oh, God, no, no, <laughs> no, no, no. That that's oh, that was rough. That's that's something I should probably share. <laughs> it is autism. Um, it is April. It is autism it's, month. Autism Awareness Month, yeah. and autism is uh, has you know obviously taught me a lot of things, and I have become an advocate, and um, you know taken that uh, Irish stubbornness and put it to good use, and uh, you know been his driving force to get him um, you know help through the years and also help other families and do different things and man I mean it has taught me a lot of things and oh it has been uh, it hasn't been a picnic um, but there's been some really great things that have come of it and you know just even just having that much more understanding of other people who go through this who have you know a child that or you know somebody that is no longer a child but an adult um, be you know somewhat special need but this uh, this past month has been incredibly stressful like he was making some bad decisions and he was an adult a quote adult but unable to do anything for himself because he won't do any it's like a round robin like know i'm i'm evil apparently (laughs) i was you know all of the stuff so he was going to make a very bad decision and uh get on a plane and go somewhere he had never gone uh to someone he did not know is that situation Um, dealt with i i believe that situation was handled because uh, i was talking with my daughter in california and uh she was like, I need him to come out here. And so she happened to call him and say, Hey, I'd like you, you know, to move out. And that was perfect because he hates the cold. He wants to be back in California anyway, which is where we're from. And um, it seemed like it was going to be perfect, but he kind of was getting pulled by this. We don't think a, a legitimate person. We'll just put it at that. And, um, uh, she ended up finding a flight. We or I worked with her to find a flight. We found a flight, and then he kind of lost it on us and wasn't going to do it. And she found out that he was, um, you know, kind of not sure if he was going to do it or not. So she jumped on a plane on um, like Tuesday night. She, which is such a tribute. To Tuesday, you, yeah. Mom. So this is Wednesday. We're recording this Wednesday night, and. A week ago, last night, she texted me and said, I'm, I bought a flight. I have a flight for tomorrow. I'll be there. And I already worked it out with the oldest son. So the oldest son drove into, you know, got the time off for emergency 
drove into Boston, got her off the flight. They drove all the way back and um, she walked through the door like, I'm here, buddy. And he was, you know, like, whoa, <laughs> my sister from California is here. And um, you see that as a true testament to the type of mother you are, right? You know, I, yes, I, I, well, what yes, would you I tell do. me? What would you tell me if it was the same situation and I was telling you? Oh yeah. Oh, I would totally tell you. You have to see that in yourself, right. right? Like you have to see that. I think it's the failure of him and it's, and this is what it is, is he's almost 20. Um, I caught, or, you know, I figured out something was wrong early on. So his diagnosis was, uh, you know, from very early on. So for 18 years of this uh, son of mine's life, I have been fighting for him. And to have it end with him just hating me for everything. And I know he doesn't understand. I know that he is making, you know, weird assumptions and, and what have you. Uh, but he just, he just wasn't doing anything for himself. And I was, I was doing everything and it was getting to a point where, you know, my kid that is trying to finish his senior year was just like, I can't, I can't do this anymore. This is like, the house was becoming very disruptive and, um, and I didn't want him to have, be in a situation like my my point is not to control him and as much as I've been the advocate and trying to help him um I also realized that his mind was in a place that was like stuck and and when you're dealing with autism that that happens they just kind of get stuck and fixated on something and I knew there was no breaking it until he got free of a situation where he felt like he could breathe he felt like he could do what he needed to do Nobody was stopping him here. We were very open and trying to get him to do things, but he just wasn't, you know, listening to it. So, yeah, so she showed up and um, made sure he was out the door. And the next day, they, uh, the oldest um, son drove him, drove him back to Boston, and she dragged him through <laughs> TSA and got him checked on and got him on the plane and got him back to her house. and. Now he's, Have you spoken to him since? He doesn't want to speak to me. <laughs> I am truly evil. Like you think once he's away from this other person? I, I hope. I think he's just, right now, he just doesn't understand that he had to. There's a disconnect in him understanding how life works. And he has said that in moments of clarity. Like, I don't know how to be an adult. Mm -hmm. And it. And I know a lot of people at 18, 19 don't know how to be an adult. I know right. people at 25 don't need to be an adult. I get that. Like, that's not what I'm trying to say here. Right. But he truly, he has a hard time striking up a conversation with anyone. Um, so he definitely has, you know, those deficits. And he could not get past just certain things that he was harboring. Why he was harboring them, it made no sense. He had made certain things into something that they weren't but to him they were real and for me it was best for him to get the peace of mind not be around anyone he could blame so he his mind could be free of like this kind of toxic thing and i think you'll appreciate this i have likened it to 
of course, I'm going to forget the name right, right as I'm about to tell you. Lord of the Rings, when they cast out Saruman, like when they have that moment where like the, the overseer of Rowan. With worm tongue. Yep. And he, you know, gets cast out. And then all of a sudden he goes from looking like decrepit and almost dying right. to like, you see, you know, obviously. The transformation yeah. of him back. I but know that's he- kind of how it is. Like that's kind of the, the, the transformation that I'm, uh, you know, kind of expecting to see or hear about. So, but he got to spend Easter with my mom. Uh, you know, my daughter went over there and, you know, daughter's boyfriend. And Is he living with your mom? No, he's living with her, my, my daughter. Oh, good. Yeah. So he has his own room again and, and all of that. So he's, you know, he's happy, but they've got a lot of work to do. And uh-huh. boy, that was, that was something. And I mean, we were definitely trying to avoid him getting on a, on a flight where someone who was saying that they were something that they weren't, um, had bought him a, a plane ticket. And, uh, that's not, that's not something that you want to hear. No, that's not cool at all. Yeah. Yeah. So this is the other thing is when you have a parent, like, like this situation where everybody, his siblings, everyone I talked to, like, this was like, this is not right. This is not good. Like you have to, like, you have to step in just to, you know, save him from making a very bad decision. They're, people who probably feel like this was overstepping. Like I had no, like once he's 18, I have no right to, to like, to stop him from. Well, I mean, 18, yes, but nobody knows your kid the way you do. Mm -hmm. And you know, the ins and the outs of everything. And for someone to make such a blanket statement on something that's so personal is, is quite ignorant of them. You know, I know, I know that, um, like, and just in my situation alone, there are people who weigh in on my situation with my husband when we talk about things because they listened to him talk on a radio show three times a week. And I knew this person from high school and out of nowhere, they feel they can just call me up and give me their opinion on my relationship. And I'm like, all right, well, you know, I, and that's a situation where someone knows me a little for Mm -hmm. someone to tell you how to, to what you should do that doesn't know you at all. That's first of all, that's, that's insanely ignorant, but Unless you're intimate with a person's situation, you never know what goes on in in a family dynamic ever. Right. You know. You know. How does someone know that that same eighteen year old that they're trying to give you the, the the advice of oh let him be independent? How do they know that kid isn't in his room crying every night because he's terrified and doesn't want you to not be there? They don't know that. I'm not saying that's oh, yeah. the situation at all. I'm just saying they you never know what goes on once a family shuts their doors locks it and shuts their house down for the night. You never know. Same thing with a couple. Same oh, yeah. thing with a family, you know, it just look at, look at my family alone. I mean, it's, we've had, a, we've had a couple of real crises in, in my family where like a lot of us were left dumbfounded because we were like, Oh my God, we thought they were such a great couple. And, um, you know, and then they're, you know, both dead. 
one's you know, like you just you just never know what goes on inside a family's home. So to make a blanket statement of all of every every scenario applies to everybody is just stupid. It's oh, not it true. It never you know that's why they have so many different green t-shirts you know like because not everybody is the same not everybody is the shape not everybody's the same size not everybody everybody's different so no i don't think that because your son is 18 that it's his right it is his right if he wants to or if, or if he's capable and that's the thing he's he's not and it's like this kid is you know it's one of those like he's his intelligence book-wise and ability to talk to you at such a high level. His vocabulary is even higher than mine. I mean, just right. he has an intelligence that's amazing. He can't figure out his way around a job application to save right. his life. He can't figure that out. Right. He can't figure out a lot of things that have to do with just life. Like it is very difficult for him. It is. And the flip side is there's going to be moms who are extremely controlling, whose kids are 18 and are perfectly capable of living on their own, but she's an enabler and a smotherer. And so she's going to take that and see the reverse. There's always going to be right. different scenarios. Nothing applies to anybody perfectly. Nobody knows your kid like you do. Yeah. And if if you're one of those moms who doesn't suffer from, you know, Munchausen by proxy or, you know, wanting to do something that you have to be this, for the most part, most moms are great moms who want the best for their kids. So I, I think if you know that your kid is, even if your kid was 22 and it was the best thing for him, you would do it. Right. And I think there's, there, there is something to be said when you know the best the best outcome or the best move for someone doesn't always mean they're going to be with you. Sometimes right, the best absolutely. thing is for them to get away. And I, and I realized that 100%. when he was talking to me, he had a moment where he was angry with me and he was, he just kept repeating the same thing to me. And he, he was saying it as if, in a, in a way and a cadence and a tone as if like I had killed his, his dog. Right. Like, but he was telling me that I was never there because you're never here. You're right. never here. And he was getting angry and like, he just kept repeating it. And I was saying, um, I'm, but I'm at work. I leave the house at this time. I'm, you know, I have to be right. at work by seven. He doesn't understand. And, like, and I'm telling him, like, I have to do this and I come home and I have to work so much. And then I, I have this long commute and then I come home and it's like, right. You know, it's dinner and, you know, all of the stuff. And then it's like, I have to, I have to jump in the shower and get to bed because if I don't, I really suffer in the morning right. and again and again, like over and over. And I try to be there and I try to do this, but he get he just lost it and said, I, you know, it, he's mistaking quality right. for quantity. Right. And he just, yeah, there was, there was some stuff, but there's some, I mean, I'm really kind of trying to not get into the deep depths of this because it actually got quite dark and quite scary. And there was a whole bunch of, of things that happened, but um, I think getting him there was uh, was a big thing, but it obviously, boy, that really threw me for a loop. And it was all that came to a head while you were um, doing your day trips. 
which kind of was perfect just because I didn't have to feel so bad about not really being available because I knew that you were out and about and, you know, you were, you know, so I, I, I kind of was in the back of my head, like, I'm so glad she has this. Typical you thinking about me, thinking about everybody else. You always put everybody else before you. No, I would would totally understand that. But yeah, it it was really difficult. Like I have moments where I'm just like, oh, I'm the worst person in the world. Like, oh God. But I wouldn't have had your other kids coming. I mean, I know. I know He's that. probably yeah. also, like, I don't know. I'm not familiar. I'm not intimately familiar with autism. With him, yeah. But does it, have you seen him mature over time? Yeah. So, um, no, I, this is very important. So about autism, there are really no two autistic children alike. There are different things. Um, is that what the puzzle piece represents? Right. Right. Well, it's puzzle piece because it's very, it's very, we don't understand like why it happens and how it happens a certain way. So if you're just talking about, let's just say kids on the spectrum um, without anything else added to it. So there's a lot of kids that maybe have an autism diagnosis, but they also have um, like another thing, another medical condition. And the two of them are obviously um, not helping out that child. So I'm, so just take that aside and just, focus on the, um, the, the spectrum kids. And the, the reason it's called a spectrum is there's all these markers and you look at them and your child might not, not, might not alert or run the, you know, flag up the pole on this particular marker, but they do on like 12 others to a point that it's, you know, beyond normal. And then they hit. So then you have this, your kid, and these are their deficiencies, or this is what they're doing that is, you know, giving them this autism diagnosis. So my, so my third and my fourth technically both have autism diagnosis. They were never the same ever where, um, the third, I need to have a nickname because you know the names, but I'm trying to, you know, for their privacy. Right. Um, for my third, he was the non-communicative. He was the one that I was told to institutionalize. I mean, obviously, I'm still having issues with him, and now he's in California, but he was the one I was told would never talk, would never communicate. Um, I needed to put away. He graduated high school. Like, uh and not because somebody like, you know, wrote for him, like he truly did, you know, graduate high school on his own merit. Um, whereas the fourth, he, he kind of had abilities and then just, they just vanished one day and then they kind of came back and his that happen ability, over and over again. Or no. Just- so like, there's a lot of parents that they'll notice because their kids never developed like they'll just say their their kid never hit those markers you know six months they're supposed to be doing this they're supposed to be you know cooing at you and doing whatever and they never marked it like and you know by one the child just never engages with their their parent nobody like it's just very odd and um whereas my youngest did all of that and then just one day it was just as if somebody had deleted his file Boom. He was, and it was very odd. And then, so early intervention was a huge thing. Um, 
I, I mean, we had, I had therapy for them daily, several times a day. Um, and he, and, and the younger one was just so different. He became, he bounced back faster. His, um, his gift, which is a lot of times uh, people talk about gifts within the autism community. In other words, somebody, something that they're very strong at that they do very well. Um, his is actually talking with people and being personable and being funny, which is one of the rarest, if not the rare, because it's, that's usually the hardest mm-hmm. for them to have because they don't quite relate, but he does. Wow. But he also knows that he just wants, like, he could have quiet time all weekend and not talk to anyone. And he's fine with it, but not in a, like, in a socially awkward way, just because he likes to read and, you know, so. Right. But yeah, that's, that's, that's kind of it. And so it's, in in a quick nutshell, just because you know your neighbor to the left they have an autistic kid doesn't mean the neighbor to the right's autistic kid is going to be the same. Right. They have different deficiencies. They're going to act different. They're going to have different things that freak them out or, or they're drawn to. So, uh-huh. yeah. Yeah. So that was, that was the week. Boy, it was something. Oh, it was. Yet somehow you awful. managed to still come out smiling. Ah. Positive. It's yeah. not easy, but you make it look it. Yeah, I am. I am definitely. I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm. I'm getting excited about a few things like hockey games and <laughs> watching my Red Sox slide down. Right. Oh, yeah, that yeah. was the other thing is we had tickets for Monday night's Red Sox game. Oh wow! And it got rained out. Oh, so it got no. postponed till Tuesday at one o five, and I had meetings. Oh no, they do that. They'll do that. They'll switch yeah. it from a night. Oh, oh yeah, but it was full on raining. Like we had a oh. full full storm here on Monday night. So, I ended up and she's going to be on the show, but I ended up um texting my friend Ellen, um who I'm in a Red Sox um season ticket holder group with and um I love that. Yeah, it's so great. It really is actually very cost effective and like the best way to do it and just nice um, can you go to every game if you want to no like i have like before before we do our draft we we go over how many games people want to stick with so if you have a certain amount of games say you have 10 um and you just go you know we're going to be traveling a lot this year we're just not going to be able to do this or that um you know we're going to drop down to eight so then there'd be two more available within the group and then they would be offered up those just two games, but you, right. you don't know what days those are going to be because you haven't made the draft yet. Oh, okay. Uh, so there's some families, um, uh, just a few of us, I believe that have, uh, 10 or more games. Mm-hmm. And then there's a handful of people that have been in the group a long time that kind of they want to keep their toe in it so they have like four games but that's cool how many tickets do you have like how many people are in your group i want to say nine oh wow i might be i might be wrong but like i said some of them are just in that they only they're only grabbing you know 
maybe four games a year. That's very cool. Which ones are your favorites? Like, which are your favorite games for them to play? Like, if you went to, is it a, 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 do the Red Sox play the Yankees? They do, right? I know nothing about baseball. Oh, yeah. So, our, my first game um, at Fenway Park was a Red Sox Yankees game. And it was just so much fun. Um, Now it's not as, it's not as fun just because the rivalry isn't as, isn't, you know, as crazy as it used to be. But um, are you guys the ones that brought the goat? No. (laughs) (laughs) Like not, not your, not your tailgate, but like is um, the Red Sox fans, the one who were the guy brought the goat and the, the goat brought like lifted the curse the hundred year curse that no that was that was a whole chicago cub uh, oh i thought that was one of the girls i got that is one thing that i love about sports like that is what makes sports fans the best because they do believe in that and i like to watch college football on saturdays with my Mm -hmm. husband and they always have the moving story in the morning about this guy and that the the players you really get to understand what they mean when they say, you know, you got to have heart. The players who play professional, college, high school, anything that really are into the sport, you really have to have heart. These guys have the biggest hearts I have ever seen out of anybody. There's just something about an amazing athlete and what they are as a person. Very rarely do you find a uncharitable super athlete. You know, like they're all just about heart and giving back to communities and helping others and doing the right thing. It's it's definitely something I, I would love for my kids to see more of in other areas because, you know, I, I'm a Wall Street person. You know, obviously Mike is with a bunch of um, – athletes so that he gets to see it more often than I do but you really want your kids to see that and that's what I love about sports it's not just about the athleticism or seeing them do these sick runs or catches what they do off the field is sometimes so much more profound than anything they ever did on and they could be one of the greatest hall of famers in history oh yeah but these some of these guys most almost like i can say with confidence a huge percentage of them all have incredible hearts you don't oh. see it in any other i mean yes in wall street we had a lot of generous guys right and you know what they had to be generous with was their wallets which was you know which was great but Nothing like athletes, the way athletes give financially when they can, physically when they can, emotionally when they can. They make themselves available for anything. And it's genuine. It really is genuine. I love it. I love watching game day and seeing all the, um, when Brian Gumbel does the 30 for 30s and I think it's Brian Gumbel that does it. It's, It's definitely something that more people should see in these athletes. I love it. Um, speaking of the big heart with having to do with uh, sports, the um, so those tickets I was going to sell, I was going to try to find somebody who could use them. And um, my friend's son's name happens to be Jared, and he happens to have a Red Sox podcast, and he happens to work for Barstool Sports. Anyway, and obviously because we're in that same group, he said, you know, I'm going to buy these. 
you know, shot me a message and I happened to be texting with Ellen and um, he's like, I'm going to, but I'm going to put these up because obviously he's in New York. He can't make it back, you know, for right. a, a random Tuesday day game, but he encouraged people to donate because a, a local um, guy in Boston that is, you know, beloved uh, had, just been diagnosed with cancer, a a certain type of, um, uh, so he, um, and the, and the news had just broke that morning. So Jared had posted, Hey, you know, I'm going to give this away to anyone who, you know, makes a donation in his name, you know, send me the screenshot. So, you know, he gathered up, I don't know how many screenshots and, you know, people donating. And so the, the seats ended up going to somebody to, um, you know, to enjoy the game yesterday. So that makes me happy. Like, I think that, oh, that, yeah. that spirit of all of that. And so it's, you know, it's like a, a community, like it's our family, our little Red Sox yeah. ticket family taking care of, you know, doing something else. And sports, you know, sport. Happy. That's what sports does to people. Yeah. It inspires them to be better versions of themselves. I love it. I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I love that story. Absolutely. So I, that was, that was a really good moment of seeing that happen and you know it just kind of unfolded naturally it was kind of crazy so um I definitely like that and that I think those those moments definitely helped me you know feel better about everything that's happened I feel like oh my gosh I mean like I felt so stressed that for days after like even this morning I wake up and I have like this horrible like stress ache and then um and then things like that make me feel good. And then watching the Bruins last night win, that made me oh, feel very nice. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> feel really good. But I know that we were going to talk about, um, we're going to pick a topic. I don't know if we decided on one or not. Um, speaking of sports, to be a triple crown every every episode we're going to pick something and then pick the three best things we feel about it do you have a do you have a thing that you decided on like do you want to do it on game of thrones and have it be the the best scenes with a female or the best whatever or like maybe your best, best highlights so we could we could do game yeah week. or you could have your best like moments of going to sports events with your kids and why they were right, right. i don't know but but we could do it game of thrones seeing it's kind of like the three best eye contacts like i like i thought the one between like if i had to choose a, a three really good ones mm-hmm. i would say the one the number one Best eye contact I thought was between Sansa Stark and Daenerys when she said, "And after the war is over, we we made it. We swore to never bow our, our you know, better than the ever again." Mm-hmm. Is that how you say better than the? Yeah. Um. Um. And Daenerys gave her shot her a look, and then she pulled her hand away. Yeah, I thought that was fantastic. Ooh, that was a good one. That I definitely loved, was. Um, I loved the one between um the red-haired guy and and <laughs> the way he looked at her <laughs> oh my god the way he god, looked at her. oh my god that was so but the way he looked at her like would like, uh, want to have a go at it and she was like 
like her look back to him was like, I, I couldn't, I couldn't really, I couldn't really read it. Like, well, it wasn't the first time. Like, it, that's the thing. Like, I like that's been kind of this ongoing thing where he's just like, where is she? Where is she? Like, ooh, what a woman. <laughs> yeah. And then I love the other one that I loved was the old Scottish guy when he's giving the, um, he's giving the food to the little girl who's saying she doesn't want to go into the cauldron. She wants to stay and she wants to fight. Yeah. But the girl from the bear family i don't know what like the the bear mm-hmm. clan <clears throat> she runs the bear people she was having an argument with another guy in the background and they kind of pan to her like it's a small it's a small bit part but she's like i'm not going in i'm staying and i'm fighting like she she has like her i don't know what they're called but she her look the way she looked at him like when he was about to say something else oh she put him right in short pants it was great mm. i loved it i thought i thought her reaction to him so those would definitely be my three. Nice. My I triple think, crowns. <laughs> well, I think I probably would have to go a little bit outside of this episode. I definitely think that the the moment when Cersei <laughs> says her line, which was immediately turned into an ironic line because what she said and what she did were two different things. So she didn't live up to even her line. And I know people were like, oh, that's, those are words to live by. But however, Cersei saying something about if you want a whore, you know, what was it? Go, you know, pay for, I forgot what it was now, but she says the whole thing. Like, if you want a whore, go get one. If you want a queen, earn her right thing. And that whole look like she was giving him like the, I am not messing around with you. You didn't bring me my elephants. I'm not sleeping with you. Like all of that stuff. And 30 seconds later there, she's like, you know, in the, in the after moments of, you know, sleeping with him. And I was like, Oh my God. But she, I mean, she sold it. And if she wanted those people around her to think that she wasn't giving it up, she sold it. That's that's definitely what happened, but oh boy. She yeah. says, you want a whore, buy one. Buy one, You want yeah. a queen, earn her. Earn her. Oh yeah, I, it's a, such a great line, and then it's so turned around immediately. Like, I love it for the irony. But that's her mind. I think, that's, I think they write that specifically to show you how quickly she strategizes. Because all of a sudden, she let him think she was pregnant with his kid. That she, you know, like... The only two people that know that she's pregnant are her two brothers. One coincidentally being the father. Yeah. <laughs> but well, she doesn't tell yeah. anybody else. So as far as this guy, um, this Greyjoy guy he kn- knows, he thinks that baby's going to be his and mm-hmm. that's going to be the ruler of the throne. So, oh, or be. the heir to the throne. Oh, so yeah. She- it just it just kind of showed I should go back and watch to see what his reaction was or what he did or who looked at her when she said that, because her mind, she it, that was strategic the way she played that. And I'd be I'm, I'm curious to see because I don't, I don't remember it so well who was in her presence or who looked at her 
when she did that? Because there had to have been, there had to have been a setup that I missed. Because yeah. that happens a lot. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So what, let's see, what's, what should we so look the, for? My, my second, so my second one oh, yeah, yeah, was, yeah. Right. um, when Bran uses that line, the things I do for love, which yeah. is the exact wording that yeah. he heard before he was pushed or as he was being pushed. And it's, and it, and we know what it is. Like, it was just so like, right. we know that it was meant to be this, like, this very like, uh, if you don't think I know, I know right. kind of a moment. And yet um, nobody else knew what the heck that meant. Like that didn't mean anything to anyone else, but I love, I absolutely, I absolutely. Um, that was a shocking scene. I love that. That was a real shock. And remember how sweet Joffrey was in that same episode? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, That's just a totally different, like totally. I mean, this is going to be a great show to go back and watch. Oh, Even yeah. Knowing everything. It's going to be such a great. And then I'm um, my other one that I want to I want to do is I'm going to reach back and in time a little bit. And I just want to say that I think the look the grandmother oh uh-huh says tell Cersei it was me I want her to know like oh, that yeah, whole yeah. thing and that look like she was just like yeah I know that you're killing me mm-hmm. right now but by the way and it was just like that yeah. was just such a power play like that and if you watch beforehand if you go back to the moment of the wedding like uh-huh. because he gets killed right and and Marjorie goes to her grandmother afterwards, and she says to her, "Oh, I wouldn't have let this happen. Like, I do you think I would have let this happen to you? So, if you were paying attention and really understanding what was happening, she was telling Marjorie at that moment, like, oh no, this this guy was dead, and it was because of me.'" But it wasn't until later that they had that moment where, right? Yeah. So I think those are my moments, and I think those will be my triple crowns for, for the looks or the moments for now. But um, we'll definitely have to come up. So with, we'll have to come up with one. Yeah. For this week's like, what's our this, what's our triple crown going to be for this weekend? Right. This was like a, a free and, for all, like you know, up. But yeah, I definitely absolutely. We want to do our triple crowns each week. Um, and if anybody has an idea for a triple crown, definitely write it in because we would love to. Oh, yeah. Just, we could probably have a whole show on them. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And then, you know, I'd like to know what people think are cutoffs of, of years for, for doing certain things or what things do people do that others give them a hard time because they say, aren't you, aren't you too old for this or what? too old for this meaning bullshit, all the stuff that, you know, people want to throw our way, the stuff right. that people don't want to handle that want to, you know, deflect onto you. That's all the, the stuff. I'm too, yeah. I'm, I'm too not old a for all person. of that. I am not too old for, uh, you know, my Star Wars collection or... I like to stay out till five in the morning after boxing matches. Yeah. And not be able to, and and stumble in my front door. Like, I'll never be too old, hopefully. Yeah, exactly. Like, we, yeah, we're not going to be too old to do the Roper March. But life is too short to have all this, like, 
you said this and he did like, what are you out of your mind? Yeah, like, like, I don't know what you're living in, but I don't want to be a part of it. So you either, you know, well, that's just it. Like, you know, you like somebody and it's fun to be around, but then like they go down these roads and you're like, why are you making it so difficult? Yeah. Like, like you want to, that's when you just want to look at someone and say, shut up. Oh yeah. <laughs> like, oh, definitely. Oh, definitely. I'm not too old to say that. Oh yeah. No, I'm definitely there with you. That typical, you know, 40 year old mentality. Shut up. <laughs> you know, but you can't because otherwise then, then you told somebody to shut up and they need an apology. It's just, Oh, some people are just nuts. So I, I yeah, I, I'm definitely too old for like drama, but I'll never be too old to wear, you know, stupid, silly robes and um, have fun and make an ass out of myself. I'll always make an ass out of myself. Oh, yeah. I can. That's, yeah. Absolutely. Part for the course. So we'll have to do that. This was okay. fun. I'm glad we had a yeah. chance to catch up. Oh, absolutely. We, it's been way too long. I know long. it's been a, way too long. We definitely were on schedule to be, you know, consistent. And then uh, life hit us because that's what happens when you're a mom and you've got a bunch of things going on. So that's what happened. Um, we will be back a little bit more structured. I swear we will be, but um, working on a few things. Our Ooh. next podcast will be. Um, We'll have some Mother's Day stuff going on. We'll oh, have yeah. an interview and um, with somebody who has kids older than me. Um, it'll be fun to talk to her. So it'll be, it'll be great to talk to her because, she, you know, she's not a grandmother or anything. She's just, but it's, you know, the kids have their own careers and it's just kind of like, let's kind of like wrap around that. And then we're going to slide way back down into the, uh, you know, into the... Uh, into the jungle of it all, you know, when you have uh, multiple young ones at home and mm. when you go for a professional to stay at home and, you know, you've got a lot of things to juggle in, in your life and how do you do that? And how do you stay how, fun? How do you stay fun? Exactly. How do you, how do you stay focused on, on you where you're like, yeah, I'm a mom, I, but I'm all of these other things. Tips on how to not talk about your kids when you're out. That's a big one. Like I, I, I worked very hard at that because that's 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 a rabbit hole. It's easily. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Follows you up. Like that's a that's a tough one. Like I've had to make co like conscious efforts to be not bring up right my kids or anything about them or their their anything. So because at the same time, it's not just the mom. Like some the dads will too too because they're so busy and they they're not around as much for the day-to-day -day stuff, for the ins and outs. So they want to hear about the stuff. So they'll ask questions. So it's not just you. You also have to, um, because even when you answer about the question, you're talking about your kids again. Mm -hmm. So it's, you know, we'll have to come up with some, a list of tips on how not to do that. Yeah. Not that the kids are a bad thing. Just it's me time, adult time, you know, adult swim. Oh, absolutely. I think that, that there needs to be a separation and understanding that becoming a mother um, shapes you, but it does not completely define you. 100%. And that you cannot lose yourself. Right. I agree. that Because they will turn around at 20 and hate you. <laughs>
Just 